Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. For thou art the potter, and we are the clay. Mold us and make us after thy will, while we are waiting, yielded, and still. That hymn speaks volumes, and hopefully is all our prayer. My name is Hal Brady, and I want to welcome you to this ministry tonight. Thank you for taking the time to join us. And I hope you'll also take the time to share the program with other people. We would love to have them as well. It is always my prayer that you'll be blessed, both by the word and the music. A quick word to our musicians. We're so appreciative of what they do to help us each week. Thank you again for joining us. Now, our scripture lesson comes from Luke's Gospel, chapter 18. Would you hear, please, the word of God? Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because the widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you join me please for prayer? O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, which art our strength and our redeemer. Amen. An email was entitled, Things I Really Don't Understand. It was a list of things that this particular person did not understand, and I want to share a few of these with you. They're rather humorous. Why do doctors and lawyers call what they do practice? Why is abbreviation such a long word? Why is it when you're driving and looking for an address, you tend to turn down the volume on the radio? Why is a boxing ring square? What was the best thing before sliced bread? And how do they get the deer to cross the highways at those yellow signs? Now, of course, these are humorous things that let us know that there are many things in life we simply do not understand. Prayer is one of those things. And yet we're told to pray and keep on praying. And that's the message of this text. Listen again. And Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they are always to pray and never lose heart. You know the story. A corrupt judge who neither feared God nor humankind was being pestered by a powerless woman over some injustice that she felt had been done to her. Now, women in that time had no rights whatsoever. The only right she had, this poor widow, was the right to pester. And so pester him she did. She pestered him day and night until finally the judge gave in and rendered a decision. I want us to focus a little while on this parable. First of all, God is a caring God, and we can count on him. A parable is something that is laid alongside something else. When we lay something alongside something else, we need to understand that a lesson can be taught both by things that are like one another or in contrast with one another. They are like one another or in contrast with one another. This particular unjust judge, this parable, 
is a parable of contrast. Jesus is not saying that the Father is like this unjust judge. He's simply not lightening them, but contrasting them. Jesus is saying that if our appeals, our appeals are finally heard by an unwilling, immoral, secular judge, then how much more will our appeals be heard by a Father who loves us and who actually wants to answer our needs? That's what he's saying. A minister said that a lady came to him and gave him a sordid story of some of her sin. He said she was so ashamed, she was penitent, she was remorseful, but she shared it with him. And after she shared every detail of her sinful story, she asked, how can God still love me after all of that? And the minister said, well, my heart goes out to you. I want you to know that I don't want to fuss at you or condemn you or criticize you. I just want to help you. I want to help you to start life all over again. And then he said, if I, a human being, with all of my frailties and weaknesses and sinfulness, can keep on loving you, how much more will a heavenly Father keep on forgiving you, especially the Lord of life and the Lord of love? How much more, God? The late J. Wallace Hamilton said that there are three essentials if prayer is to take place in the world. First of all, you have to have a responsive person. Secondly, you have to have a responsive universe. And third, you have to have a responsive God. So this God of ours is much more caring than we possibly can imagine. And it's important for us to realize that God will keep on loving us no matter what. We can disobey him. We can rebel against him. We can do all of these things, but God will keep on loving us. Max Licato said this. He said, our evil cannot diminish God's love. Our goodness cannot increase God's love. Our faith does not earn God's love any more than our stupidity jeopardizes God's love. God's love never changes. What a great truth for us to remember. God's love never changes. Bill Hybels was telling about his father and how generous his father was. He said that his father had one of his greatest possessions was a 45-foot sailboat. And he said when he was in the eighth grade, his father knew he was responsible, so he said, why don't you go get a friend and hitchhike out to South Haven and take the boat out for a spin? And then Bill Hybel said, when my brother and I got our driver's license, our father was the same way with the car. He would bring a new car home, and he would have two different sets of keys for each one of us to have a set, and he would say, why don't you take it out for a spin? If you want a date with it, you go right ahead. I'd love for you to date in it. And then he said his father was most generous, and most fathers are generous. You know, quite often we talk about unanswered prayer. The issue really is unoffered prayer. If you then who are evil know how to give good gift to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God is a caring God, and we can count on him. And then secondly, though persistence is not the main point of this message, nevertheless, there's something to be said for persistence. There's something to be said for just keeping on, keeping on. You know, persistence is not one of the great values of our day. As a parent, you don't sit down and pray that your child will be more persistent. What do you pray for? Your child will be have a greater intellect. Your child will be smarter. Your child will be, have a greater personality. Your child will be this, that, and the other. But you don't include persistence up there 
at the top. It's sort of a low value in our society. As a matter of fact, many people think persistence is out of date. They think, how in the world would you keep on trying to do something even when you're tired and worn out? But let me tell you, there is a real strength in being persistent. There is a real strength and hope in being persistent. Let me give you a few examples. Admiral Perry tried seven times to reach the North Pole. He finally reached the North Pole on the eighth try. On the eighth try. So he didn't reach it at that point at all. Eddie R. Carroll, the famous jockey, lost 25 races before he finally won his first race. Oscar Hammerstein produced five flop shows and they only ran for six weeks total. Then he came up with Oklahoma. It ran for 269 weeks and grossed $7 million. Now I should take a deep breath. Albert Einstein, Edgar Allan Poe, and John Shelley were all dismissed from school because they were thought to be slow in learning. John Maxwell says that there are four ways to cultivate tenacity and persistence. First, have a purpose. Have a purpose. Secondly, get rid of the excuses. Get rid of the excuses. Third, develop some incentives. And fourth, cultivate determination. In Alice in Wonderland, the king says to the white rabbit, begin at the beginning and keep on going till the end, then stop. Keep on going to the end and then stop. But we are mainly talking about persistence in prayer. Now, persistence in prayer is not trying to twist God's arm to make him do something. That's not what it is. It's simply bringing before God our concerns and our needs. We are not insisting. We are persisting. Now, let me give you an example. There was an old peasant man that when he finished his work every day, he would drop by the church. He would just go in and sit in the sanctuary for about 10 minutes. Then he would get up and leave. Every day after work, the same thing. He would go into the sanctuary, spend about 10 minutes, get up and leave. Well, the priest was observing what he was doing. And one day when the priest saw him, he stopped him and asked him, he said, what are you doing when you come in to just spend that time there alone? And the old peasant said, well, I just look up at him and he looks down at me. There's something about that that suggests the reality of prayer, the reality of prayer. And then persistence is to keep on praying, is to keep on lifting up our concerns and cares before God. Basically, it is to remember what God's Word says and remember God's will in God's Word and bring up God's will to Him in His Word. For instance, what does God want concerning salvation? He wants everybody to receive salvation, so we pray for others to receive salvation. What about bread? What about the strength to acquire bread? God wants us to pray for our daily bread. What about the strength to resist temptation? He wants us to resist temptation. And then what about praying for other Christians? He wants us to pray for other Christians. He wants us to pray for sanctification, for holy living. He wants us to pray for the missionaries. He wants us to keep on praying for all of these people. There was a minister who said in his church, they had a baptism Sunday. And he said in that church, they had many people who had made a decision for Christ. But on this day, they were going to have a public affirmation of their decision. So they baptized a lot of people that day. And everybody was rejoicing. It was a great celebration, a wonderful day. When it was over, the minister happened to see a lady who was crying. She was crying when he couldn't understand how on such a great day this woman could be crying. So he went over to him and he said, listen, are you doing all right? She said, no, I'm struggling. 
He said, you want to tell me about it? She said, yes, my grandmother was baptized today. My grandmother was baptized today. And he said, well, what's sad about that? And she continued to cry. She said, well, I prayed for my grandmother to receive Christ for 20 years, 20 years. And she said, at the end of the first five years, I thought, well, what use is this? God doesn't listen. At the end of 10 years, I thought, this is just no use. At the end of 15 years, I thought, this is absurd. At the end of 19 years, I thought, what a fool am I? But she said, I kept on praying. I kept on asking God to save my grandmother. And she said, you know, I almost quit praying. I almost quit praying for her. But today, she received Christ and was baptized. And he said, and then she said, you know, I have learned never, ever, ever to give up on prayer. So persistence is not the name of the game with all of this, but persistence is very important, very important indeed. And then there's something else I want us to think about. From God's point of view, faithfulness is vital. Do you know the real point of this parable is not answered prayer, it's the faithfulness of the widow. God challenges us at the point of our commitment, and he says when the Lord comes back, will he find us faithful? Will he find us faithful in prayer? There was a well-known minister said he went to a conference that had a lot of theologians and philosophers there, and he said it took him a while to even catch up with what these people were talking about. But he said finally they got ready to adjourn for lunch, and they were all going to meet informally at the hole in the wall. That's where they were going to eat. And they are called on this theological professor to ask the blessing. And this minister said he thought, well, this would just be another theology class. This is what this is going to be. Well, when the professor started the prayer, he just said, Father, I love being here today. I love being here with my friends as we eat lunch together and discuss the business of your kingdom. He said, Father, I love you, and I'm so glad you're at the table. Father, I want you to know I'll do anything in the world for you. Well, that minister said when he finished the prayer, he simply bowed his own head and he said, you know, I have a lot more growing to do in prayer. And he said, sometimes I put my prayer in automatic pilot. Automatic pilot. Now, most of us are aware that there are very serious problems in the United States and in the world at this hour. There was a poll conducted by a major network and that network found out that in the United States, 58% of the people polled said that they thought the world was going to hell in a handbasket. But what about prayer? Are we praying for our leaders? Are we praying for our national leaders and world leaders? Are we praying that they'll discern God's truth and how to deal with things? Now, let me tell you this. America is far down the line in being justly condemned. We have lost our way quite often. We've stopped following God's purposes and God's will. America stands in terms of judgment justified. But God is not only just, God is merciful. So I want to remind you of some of the merciful passages in the scripture, and there are many others. For instance, God says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their sin and turn and face me, I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. You remember Abraham? Abraham prayed that God would spare Sodom if there were 10 people who were innocent. And God said, I will not destroy Sodom if I find 10 innocent people. 
And you remember what Jesus said to that repentant thief on the cross. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. You will be with me today in paradise. So all of us can pray. All of us can lend a hand in doing something for this world situation, this turmoil that's in the nation and the world by simply praying to God, asking God to be with our leaders and help them to discern the, God's truth as they deal with these issues in the world. Now I want to ask you this. What can we gain from being faithful in prayer? First of all, we can gain a deeper fellowship with God, a deeper fellowship with God. It does not take us long to understand that God has made us for companionship. For instance, little children, they love to pray with other little children. Adolescents love to fellowship with adolescents. Parents make commitments to spouses or children. But it doesn't take us long to realize that human fellowship doesn't go quite far enough. Those closest to us cannot share everything with us. They cannot go through everything we are going through. But then there is a the Heavenly Father, this faithful one who loves us and cares for us. And then second, we, we will grow more in developing in ourselves the character of God. Do you know Abraham was never more like God than when he prayed for Sodom? Now his prayer certainly didn't deliver Sodom. There was no deliverance there. But this prayer did make the compassion and love that was in Abraham's heart manifest, and that was like God. God wants us to pray so that our character can develop like his. And then God also wants us to grow in, in our partnership with him. Have you ever seen a little boy? He comes in and says to his mother, I'm going out and help my daddy. And he sticks out his chest and he walks out with pride. He's going to help his daddy. Well, you know what he does. He hands his, nail, he hands his daddy a few nails or hands him a few little things his daddy needs. As a matter of fact, his daddy could do that job better without him than he can with him. But his daddy loves to have his son there for fellowship, and his son loves to be with his daddy for fellowship. You see, they're developing a partnership. Same thing with prayer. Listen to me. God very seldom does anything alone. God waits for us to join him in fellowship, in partnership, as God deals with the issues of our lives and of our time. And then also, as we grow in our faithfulness in prayer, we will be more confident that we are having something to do to help with the turmoil of our nation and our world. You remember what the writer in Second Chronicles said? If my people who are called by, names, by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. You know, there's a story of a coalition this coalition of people that decided they wanted to turn this corrupt political establishment in New York City around. And so a while the coalition had their way and they won a few victories. But then what happened, the corrupt political machine took back over again. And somebody described what happened. They said the good people got tired of being good before the bad people got tired of being bad. All of us can learn something from this faithful widow. All of us. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for this day and this time together. Thank you for this lesson in Scripture. Help us, O oh God, to be like that faithful widow and to give of our very best in our prayer lives and in the living of our lives. Thank you again for this time together. Bless us all. Make us a blessing. And we do pray for the leaders of our world that you will guide those that they may discern your purposes for the world and that they may be directed to fulfill those purposes. It's in your name. Amen. Thank you very much for joining me for this service tonight. I 
pray that you've been blessed. Thank you again for being a part of this. Let us know if you have prayer requests. God bless. Good night. Thank you for listening to Dr. Hal Brady, whose television broadcast is seen weekly in Atlanta on the Atlanta Interfaith Broadcasters Network. Dr. Brady's sermons are also available online and ministry updates are posted on Facebook. With your help, we are able to share the gospel online and on the air, so please consider a donation to Hal Brady Ministries. Donations can be mailed to Hal Brady Ministries, Inc., Post Office Box 1367, Decatur, Georgia, 30031 or you can give securely online at halbradyministries.com. We are grateful for your prayers and support and hope you'll continue to partner with us. If you have any prayer requests, please be in touch. Thank you.